Today's podcast is brought to you by Howie's new book, Paperboy. To order today, go to HowieCarshow.com and click on store. Live from the Aviva Trattoria studio, it's the Grace Curley Show. we got to bring in a new voice, a young voice, a rising voice, Grace Curley. You can read Grace's work in the Boston Herald and the Spectator. Especially, Grace, Grace, stand up. Here's the millennial with the mic, Grace Curley. Welcome, everybody. It is not the millennial with the mic today. I am Toby Leary, sitting in for Grace Curley. And uh, looking forward to spending the next three hours with you here on the Grace Curley Show. It's been a while since I've been here, and so I'm excited to be back in studio and uh, doing the takeover thing for Grace. Um, so, as as always, I'm I'm here on Tuesdays, so you might know my voice or uh, hear me every week for Two A Tuesday. Uh, I am co-owner of Cape Gunworks down in Hyannis, and so we do a segment on the two o'clock hour every Tuesday called 2A Tuesday. But every once in a while, I'm asked to wander into the deep end of the pool and talk politics and and sit in for grace. And I love doing that. I, I always enjoy it. It gives me kind of a, a mental break from everything I do in my day to day and get to talk about stuff that I'm passionate about and that interests me and that's local and national and uh politics and the and basically just the American way of life, right? Uh, we we think about such a great experiment in freedom and government and how far we've strayed <laughs> from the original intent of our founding fathers of small government and government of the people by the people. And, uh, you know, we know our president, current president, uh, who who is so eloquent whenever he talks about the uh, about the Constitution and the Bill of Rights and the Declaration of Independence, you know, and we hold these truths to be self-evident and all men are created equal. And uh, you know the you know the thing, <laughs> you know the thing, and they're endowed by their Creator with certain unalienable rights. I love that word, unalienable, um, unalienable rights. Uh, among those are life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. And, you know, it, it frustrates me whenever I look at elected officials and politicians and regulators and government bureaucrats that long to make my life more complicated with encumbering me with rules and regulations that have nothing to do with, uh, you know, their obligations under the Constitution. All they love to do is make it harder for you and I to go about our business, to raise our families, to run a business, to make money, to uh, put food on the table, to travel, et cetera, et cetera. They sit behind closed doors and think away. So that's the part that frustrates me. Uh, but I love that line in our declaration that says unalienable rights. Oh, and the better, the, the best part is we hold these truths to be self-evident. Meaning anybody who is alive and breathing and has a brain can see that these are things that are the most basic of human rights. And it's obvious to everybody paying attention. Um, so if you think that government's job and obligation is to uh, tell you where to go, how to do it, where to stand, how to sit, how to eat, how much to make, how much to give them, 
and you always are bowing and kissing the ring and asking permission for everything you do, uh, then you're missing the whole American experiment uh, of small government and freedom of the people and for the people and by the people. But 844-500-4242 is the number if you want to be on the phone with me today. If you have any uh, questions uh, or want to make a make some input on this show, you can do that by calling us. That's 844-500-4242. And the text line is 617-213-1066. Text CURLY, C-U-R-L-E-Y, to 617-213-1066, and we'll also read some of those as well. Um, <clears throat> happy Martin Luther King Day, by the way. Uh, I'm pretty excited uh, for Martin Luther King Day, not because I get a day off, like that's never happened in my entire life, but there's a, a whole number of reasons for this, and one is um, it's a constant reminder of what the actual civil rights movement was all about, and to see what it's become nowadays is is sad, frankly. I think that he would be rolling over in his grave if he had the headlines of today pumped in to his, his uh, tomb. Because I don't think when he said, well, play some cuts. You have some cuts there, Jared? I have a dream. That my four little children will one day live in a nation where they will not be judged by the color of their skin, but by the content of their character. I have a dream today. Obviously, that was an iconic speech that gets played a lot. And this is that is the freedom I'm talking about that yearns inside everybody's heart, right? That's what really, what it comes down to is we don't want to be judged by our skin color. We don't want to be judged by where we live. We don't want to be judged by um, our family name or, uh, you know, whatever. Unless you're a Biden, then you do. You want to be, uh, you want to make some money off that. But the point I'm trying to make is um, we live in the greatest country in the history of mankind. Have we had our problems? Yes. Have we made huge strides? Yes. And we continue to be the light on a hill for the rest of the world with a beacon, with that light shining on a hill, with the salt of the earth country in the in the world. And that's evidenced by the millions of people crossing our border each and every day, uh, or not millions a day, but a year. Uh, it's looking like under Biden's watch, 12 million people will have crossed the southern border. So everyone wants to come here. Everyone wants to be here, all for different reasons, I might add. But there's a reason for that, and that is because we are the closest thing to true freedom. And, you know, then you fast forward to what we've done with the words of Martin Luther King, that we don't want to be judged by the content of our, uh, I mean, by our skin color, but more the content of our character. And I saw a great thing on X over the weekend, and it was about Claudine Gay, and it shows how uh, coming up to Martin Luther King Day, she was hired for her skin color and fired for the content of her character. <laughs> no, I know she resigned, but we all knew what was happening. But that's a perfect example of an overcompensation for the evils that did exist in this country for a while, the prejudices and whatnot. So now all of a sudden we've, we've, the pendulum has swung the other way, and now it's not okay to be white. 
it's it's you know you see it in the news every day you see it in company policies you see it in this dei uh training you see it in uh, affirmative action and we've said that a lot about affirmative action in the past was it's just a reverse type of uh racism it's not um it's actually more insulting to say you're not smart enough you're not able to get this job on your own so we're going to hire you because we need to fill out our diversity roster and we're going to hire you even though you might not be the best person for the job because frankly you can't do this job without our help that is insulting that is the worst part of that is racism perpetuated so the people who were originally racist and didn't want to hire people because of their skin color now all of a sudden want to hire people because of their skin color because they're sympathetic that they can't do it on their own. That to me is the ultimate of insults. It's kind of like, and this is a very pedestrian comparison, but when you're playing in a sport and you're getting crushed by a better team, right? And they're having their way, they're, they're running up the score and it gets to the point where the score is almost embarrassing. Uh, you're like, man, can this clock just run out? Just run the clock. <laughs> Let's put an end to this misery. And then the other team, instead of running up the score, they just start passing it around, whether it's hockey or basketball. And they're not even shooting anymore. They're just not letting you touch the ball or the puck or the, you know, and they're just passing it. Now it's really insulting because they've run up the score to the point where it's uncomfortable. And now they won't even let you take possession of the ball. That's exactly what they're doing here with affirmative action, with DEI, with the whole uh, diversity training of the modern era is... You know, we're going to help those that can't help themselves. We're going to bring them in because, frankly, they're a disadvantage. And, they're, and you know, nothing should be more insulting to the average person uh, that you want to tell me because of the color of my skin that I can't get a job or I can't succeed in life or I can't rise above. And I know that's there's no truth to that. And, frankly, I would think that anyone and everyone who um, participates in that, you know, our senator... Elizabeth Warren included, the most famous uh, affirmative action hire in Massachusetts uh, for her high cheekbones, um, <laughs> uh, is, you know, that's just insulting to me. And uh, frankly, we're getting away from a meritocracy where we're just giving the job to the best person based on their ability to do the job. And that really is what what should happen. But 844-500-4242 is the number. We're going to talk on the other side of the break. I want to get into this uh, symposium that's going on today in Melrose. If you don't know what I'm talking about, make sure you hold on. If you want to be on the line, give us a call. I'm Toby Leary, and I'm sitting in for Grace Curley. We will be right back. You're listening to The Grace Curley Show. This is The Grace Curley Show. Welcome back to The Grace Curley Show. I'm Toby Leary, sitting in for Grace, who has the day off. And we'll be back tomorrow, I believe. Um, so, yeah, you're with me all day, and I'm here for you. So if you want to give us a call, it's 844-500-4242. I failed to mention that it's also Iowa Caucus Day. Happy Iowa Caucus Day. We'll see how the uh, 
race for second place goes today. And, uh, you know, I was just saying to Jared off the air, my only sadness about this day is that Chris Christie isn't here to participate in all this. I wanted to see if he'd at least get 1%, you know. <laughs> well, but, He's never gotten 1% in his life. Yeah. Hey, yo. That's true. That's true. Um, but, and, you know, it was funny. I was so surprised that he announced to drop out when he did because the night before I'd been watching the Bruins game and I was just plastered with his ads the whole time. Like, like every commercial was him and his face fills the screen, if you know what I mean. <laughs> it's Wide, like, oh, Wide angle lens. Yeah. Kids. They, they would, uh, and maybe that was to prevent the rest of him from filling the screen. I don't know, but, um, Oh, like you get in the frame. Yeah. I was, it was painful to watch. I, I must've seen, I don't know if he was just burning down the end of his ad campaign or the, maybe the TV stations knew no money was coming. So they're not going to extend these for the next few days. And they just decide to run them all in one night, burn, burn them down. I don't know, but it was painful to watch, uh, so many of his ads but the next day hey he did what was inevitable and what should have been done but then again everyone who has been saying like all right chris do the right thing drop out and throw your support behind uh nikki who's surging in the polls and that'll help her get an extra three quarters of a percent if all of your supporters head there you know <laughs> and then he has the hot mic moment so ah, oh, darn it hate it when a plan doesn't come together right but anyway, we'll see what happens in Iowa. We'll be monitoring it. I got the TV up here, and Shepard Smith is showing the the, uh, the checkerboard. Uh, not Shepard Smith. Who's the guy that uh, does it now? Um, oh, I, did, I didn't. You didn't see him, but uh, I forget his name. But um, he he has the checkered board on who can win what and who's going to come up here and there and who will be second and third. And you know, I just wonder how many people are going to stay in the race after two, three, four primaries start to happen and and the sh it's inevitable what's going to happen. Um, you don't overcome the type of numbers that's going on right now with Trump. You know, he's up by 20, 30, 40 pol points in the polls, depending on what poll you're looking at. So um, there's no, I don't see any path to anybody overcoming him. And what's interesting, too, is you see what, Vivek has been saying about, um, you know, he doesn't think that the deep state will allow Trump to be on the poll. So that's why he's running the campaign that he's running so that there's somebody primed and ready to go uh, because they're going to do everything. They're going to pull out all the stops and and uh, make sure that Trump's not on the ballot. And so and that there might be some truth to that. You see what's going on right now. Uh, Google just changed their whole search terms and all this stuff more like you know big brother type stuff look into that and uh you you see certain ngos asking the military that should trump actually win in november and comes to power that they could kind of take over the military powers of away from trump because he's too volatile he's too uh, you know, we see how he's got his finger on the button ready to fire at any moment. Meanwhile, he's the only president who hasn't got us into a war. So anyway, let's do the poll question. Uh, today's poll question is brought to you by the wellness company. How he got the flu, the mailroom manager got sick, and I will say screwed up 
our lunch plans a month or so ago. Uh, we were down in Florida. We were supposed to have lunch with with the captain, and he was he was very ill at the time. So. Some of our staff and clients also have had COVID all in the last month. Be prepared and get your emergency medical kit from the wellness company today and learn more to get, go to twc.health slash grace. When you use code grace, you save 10%. So you learn more at twc.health slash grace. Jared, what is the poll question and what are the results thus far? Today's poll question, which you can vote in at gracecurlyshow.com. Is is there any situation where you would accept an illegal into your house if you had extra room? Yes, no questions asked. If I were getting really good money to do so, if I could vet slash choose the person or under no circumstance. It would have to be a very select set of circumstances that I have control over in order to ever get me to agree uh, so I would say that leaves the door open to a yes from me, but it would have to be pretty select. Ninety uh, percent of the audience say under no circumstance. Really? Yeah. Wow. Eight uh, percent say if they could vet slash choose the person. Two percent if they were getting really good money, and zero percent say no questions asked. <laughs> so the businessman in me is saying. I could probably make like an Airbnb out of this situation, right? You could get a <laughs> get a cheap house. That's a laughing matter in the state of Massachusetts. Get a cheap house. Let's just air quote around that. You have a uh, a rental in a house that you're renting out for, you know, two thousand bucks a month or something, and all of a sudden the state starts dangling some cash your way. I mean, they're paying pretty good money for the hotels to take them and whatnot. And so if you could take three or four families. And so this brings up a ton of questions and we're going to get into this on the other side. I lied and said we were going to do it in this segment, but we don't have time. But today they have a symposium in Melrose about how to go about doing this and opening up your house to illegal aliens, because we are a right to shelter state after all. So uh, there's no way we can um, accommodate all of the people coming here. We're the only, I, I heard we're the only state in the country that has the exact scenario that we have. And it's just causing immigrants to flood here and get paid to uh, <laughs> to stay. Meanwhile, there's plenty of homeless people out there, but we'll talk about that on the other side. This is the Grace Curley Show. I'm Toby Leary sitting in. We'll be right back. Live from the Aviva Trattoria studio. Welcome back to the Grace Curley Show. I'm Toby Leary. 844-500-4242 is the number. I'll be with you all day, and Grace will return tomorrow. So have no fear. Um, but as I teased out before the break, um, the Immigrant Support Alliance, an all-volunteer group that helps settle new immigrants is hosting an informal event on MLK Day for anyone interested in joining more about being 
a host home. Please join us. So this is happening today in Melrose. Uh, it's an inform information session. Are you curious about what's involved in hosting an immigrant for short-term shelter as they begin their journey towards independence? Learn about the rewards, challenges, and insights. People who have served as hosts to both individuals and families will share what they know and answer your questions. Where? It's at the Beth Shalom, Temple Beth Shalom, 21 East Foster Street, Melrose, today from 3 to 4 p.m., uh, so it's only an hour. It can't be that much information if it's only an hour. Um, I'm sure there's going to be an in-depth section on squatters' rights in Massachusetts. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, that's the where, the when, and the who is the Immigrant Support Alliance. If you have questions, you can give them a call. And um, I have questions. Uh, like, if we have something called the right to shelter law in the state. And I'm going to get to the article in a sec, but on the break, Jared and I were kicking this back and forth. He doesn't remember voting on this right to shelter law. And I say, I'll even take it a step further. Our elected officials were sworn to uphold the Constitution against all enemies, both foreign and domestic. And then they passed legislation that could potentially be housing terrorists in our in our state. Now, I'm definitely not saying anyone and everyone who comes across the border are terrorists, but I think it was uh, the Mayorkas who admitted that, yeah, there's some people we're watching that have come over the border, right? And not to mention everything going on at Eagle Pass, which I think is is great by the way but let's just fast forward and keep on subject here of what we're what's going on in the bay state so all these politicians raised their hand and promised to defend the constitution against all enemies both foreign and domestic and then pass a law like a right to shelter now i'm sure they didn't think about this all the way through right that anyone who comes to our country maybe they did because they said oh we are a um, an amnesty state where, uh, um, you know, everybody's rights, you know, can, can shelter here. We are a shelter state. So we'll protect you from ICE. We'll protect you from that court date. We'll protect you from, uh, you know, the, the, uh, customs agents that are trying to round you up and deport you. And that to me is a break a failure to uphold their oath of office. And we see this continually with the legislature because they can't be sued and held liable for them breaking their oath of office for um, malfeasance in their official role as government. Whereas you can you can sue other government entities for um, failure and uh, for violation of rights and for their uh, you know against their qualified immunity. But the legislature has made it so that you can't sue them and the constitution has as well but even still if they are actively violating their oath of office they should be impeached they should be held accountable but we know they're all protecting each other so here we go the state of massachusetts and this is a breitbart article uh by warner todd hudson uh how he tweeted this out and uh it's a good article so you could check it out 
is asking private homeowners to take illegal aliens at as the state runs out of room to house the thousands of border crossers who are still flooding into the Bay State. Massachusetts is the only state that has a statewide right to housing rule for homeless families. And with that rule in mind, Massachusetts Governor Maura Healey has repeatedly asked legal residents to open up their homes to illegal immigrants for whom officials are having a hard time finding beds. This brings up so many questions to me. Like, are they going to pay you, number one? I don't think so. Uh, will they suspend all zoning laws all of a sudden? Like, are they going to say, it doesn't matter that you have extra bedrooms or, you know, that you're zoned for this extra family living with you? Um, it, this article goes on to say that the average uh, family in this situation shelters uh, for about 14 months. So uh, so this is fair, is the free for the uh, illegal aliens here. Let me find out what the acronym for FAIR is. Um, Days after Healy's declaration, Lieutenant Governor Kim Driscoll told the state, most importantly, if you have an extra room or suite in your home, please consider hosting a family. Housing and shelter is our most pressing need and become a sponsor family. Uh, The state currently housing more than 1,400 families in 40 hotels in 28 cities around the state at taxpayer expense and free for the illegal aliens, according to FAIR. The average stay for these families is 14 months. Now it looks as though the state is reaching out to non-government groups to step up and keep pressure on homeowners to take in migrants. I got a saying in business, lead by example. Every politician who is asking you to take people into your home should lead by example. They should start by filling up the extra bedrooms in their own houses or maybe even their vacation homes that are sitting empty. Like maybe their Cape house is sitting empty right now and could house three or four families and they should do that, right? Uh, A group called Immigrant Support Alliance is holding the seminars. We already talked about that. It's on Martin Luther King Day, no less. These steps have many wondering if the state intends to make more people... uh, Uh, more serious attempts to place illegal aliens into people's homes. One reason for that suspicion is that Massachusetts is the only state with right to housing laws for families, though it doesn't cover single homeless people. So obviously single homeless people would be a lot cheaper to house than families, right? Uh, But you're you're not eligible. You're going to stay out on the cold streets of Boston at Mass and Cass or um, whatever Main Street... (laughs) in whatever town you're in, uh, to beg and fend for yourself. Especially even some of them are homeless veterans, by the way. Uh, so that's that's an insult to injury. But, so wait, so does that mean that you, uh, that let's say single military age men who have come here illegally are not eligible to be housed or? Uh, that's what it sounds like to me, unless they. Uh, so they get to stay in the hotels. They get to stay in the hotel <laughs> hotels, right. And funny story about the hotels. We all saw what happened in around the Foxborough area for the Army Navy game that happened. And uh, prior to that, in September, we ha- went to a gun show. Uh, you know, so I sent some staff up, booked a hotel, and everything else. And uh, <laughs> one of the guys decided to travel back home instead of stay in the hotel. So it ended up only one person. And when he got there, the entire cleaning staff of the hotel had quit because they had just trucked in all the illegal immigrants. And 
he managed to hold on to the one room that we had. And he said it was unbelievable. It sounded like uh, an international airport. Everybody was in the hallways talking. There were kids dribbling basketballs. There was, uh, you know, everybody was cooking up a storm. He said it smelled like the food court at the mall. There was all kinds of uh, food being cooked 24-7. Two in the morning, you could smell all kinds of good stuff. He, he wanted to start, it made him hungry, wanted to start knocking on doors. But he said because the cleaning staff was gone, he got into his, his room. There were no sheets on the bed. There wasn't even a toilet seat, Jared. They ripped the toilet seat off. <laughs> Imagine paying good money to stay in a hotel and you get there. And there's no staff. He finally was able to secure some sheets for the bed and there wasn't even a toilet seat in the room. It's unbelievable talk. And Trump's talked about this for years, right? Uh, that we are descending into a third world uh, country. We're basically a third world country at this point. And when you go book a, a hotel in a city in Massachusetts uh, and you can't, hey, you know what? That, that reminds me. I just saw an article last week about how Massachusetts has once again ranked number one in the country for families and i guess that's why because we don't care about the single people (laughs) we're just gonna house the families so uh there you have it uh by law the state is forced to pay for shelter and housing for homeless families but the state's housing system is already overwhelmed new york has a right to emergency shelter law and california has a law that requires the state to house runaway teens with with or without parental consent But Massachusetts is the only state that has a statewide rule that automatically requires the state to house all homeless families. It's a rule that has become increasingly costly to the left-wing state, and some lawmakers are seeking changes. Last year's state rep Peter Durant of Worcester noted that in 2022, the state was housing 15 families free of charge. In 2023, that number has shot up to nearly 2,000 families. Either we have had a massive spike of homelessness or the vast majority of these people are illegal immigrants, Durant said. The Office of Housing and Livable Communities said the state spent $2.6 million to house illegal families in 2023, but that cost is expected to rise to $10.7 million in 2024. I'm calling BS on that number right now. You can't tell me you can house, feed, shuttle, etc., 2,000 families for $10.7 million. No, that would be the most efficient government program in the history of mankind. (laughs) If you could uh, house all of these illegal immigrants for a $10.7 million, that $10.7 million is probably like, you know, the budget to get the the word out for for this. Anyway, um, Boston Heraldist, Our own Howie Carr raised the alarm over the uh, state move to push illegal immigrants into people's homes. And he especially worries about the safety of homeowners who are being asked to take in unknown, unidentified, unvetted illegals. Joe Biden et al. have turned what was a decent, if woke, neighborhood into a Bidenville. The illegals are up all night driving their unregistered scooters everywhere. Needless uh, needles litter the gutters. The illegals are harassing young American girls and verbally abusing adults, Carr noted in August op-ed. This prompted Carr to ask, can the residents of, say, Dover or Weston choose between MS-13 gangbangers and members of Los Trinitarios? 
as he bashed the liberal areas for the state for cheering of the state for cheering as illegal aliens are placed in the middle to low-income neighborhoods. Carr makes a good point, though. Will the state take responsibility for guaranteeing the safety of homeowners who have elected to take in some of Healy's illegal, illegal immigrants? How will homeowners know if they are opening their doors to people with criminal records? Will they be assured that these illegals are not bringing in diseases that had once been considered nearly stamped out in the U.S.? And there was a big issue down on the Cape with this. Uh, there was uh, some some illegal immigrants that were showing up to hotels with tuberculosis, something that had been stamped out decades ago uh, in in America. And uh, there was a whole thing and big brouhaha about that. How will these homeowners know that their own children will be safe after parents bring into their home jobless, homeless, illegal aliens who have already proven to be amenable to breaking our laws? Finally, does Governor Healy have the power to require citizens to take illegal immigrants into their homes. After all, the right to housing is also a law. How far can it go? Yeah, um, that is something I saw actually uh, Elon Musk tweet out on X is, you know, this seems like it's setting us up to have a hostile takeover of our private homes because of a, a shelter-in-place law. Now, forget the rights of citizens. It's it's just insane. But uh, we'll be right back after this. You're listening to The Grace Curley Show. I'm Toby Leary, sitting in for Grace, so don't go away. Hi, it's Toby from Cape Gunworks. I'm taking all your firearm and self-defense questions every Tuesday. Join Grace and me for 2A Tuesday, Tuesdays at 2 p.m., This is The Grace Curley Show. Welcome back to The Grace Curley Show. I'm your fill-in host, Toby Leary, here with you all day. 844-500-4242 is the number if you want to call in. And since people have called in, let's go straight to the phones. Sherry, you're first up on The Grace Curley Show. How are you today? Good. Thanks for taking my call today, Toby. How you doing? Very good. Um, I just wanted to find out, I know there's a ton of homeless people in Massachusetts. A lot of them are probably veterans. I want to know, is Mara Healy going to make the big push to bring them into their home, into your home? Like she's doing to the legals, or is she just going to let them flounder? Since we're a right to shelter state, what about all the people that are already here? What do we do about them? I think they take... Yeah, <laughs> I think that you know the answer. I mean, right, I mean, is she going to come on? for that that that's my question i know i'm watching what's going on in maine with all that housing that could have housed so many people up there and they're going to pay for that for two years on our dime not us because we're in mass but you know what i mean mm. like how long till like that comes to massachusetts too yeah no it's it's maddening sherry and i think you know the answer as i said we're a right to shelter state but only for families that's why we're number one in the country for families so if you're a single homeless person that's fallen on hard times you're stuck going through that whole system especially a vet or whatever now there are some good veterans groups out there that are willing to help people and um, I know this because my dad is a vet and uh, had some housing issues a few years ago in Colorado and I was thinking about bringing them here but it was almost impossible to do that um, from state to state. So 
In other words, he couldn't come here and then declare he's homeless and then get in some program and whatever. It's it's so messy. So the, the veterans thing is a whole other uh, issue, in my opinion. And uh, But you bring up a great point. Um, why have they not lobbied for people to take homeless people into their houses at this point? And these are Americans. These are veterans. These are uh, people who've fallen on hard times, you know, and that's, I think the end result of all government is to make us all dependent on them, right, at some point. And so you're stuck in whatever system you're stuck in. So unfortunately, I don't see that happening anytime soon. And uh, there's a texter, thanks for the call, Sherry. Uh, there's a texter uh, who said that this was a, um, I think the right to shelter was a law that was passed in 1984. And I'll take their word for it, if that's the case, incredibly ironic uh, date. But um, also, they probably could have never foreseen an open border and a 12 million new immigrants coming over in a matter of a couple of years and where to put them. And they're going to say, hey, yeah, come on up to Massachusetts. We're going to house you. And I, I think that Maura Healy is really pushing this to the limit because of their oath of office. They are only required... Uh, they are required by oath to defend our Constitution against all enemies, foreign and domestic. People who come here illegally and expect to be sheltered and just for a better way of life, frankly, are not citizens of, of America. And they're doing it every which way but right. And that leaves them as enemies. And you see a lot of people, I saw this one guy tweeted, uh, and we'll go we'll go to Jay in one sec uh, on the other on the other side. But Jay, if you want to hold on. Uh, but I saw one guy tweeted that the deaths at the southern border are now Greg Abbott's fault because he closed the border. Insanity. How is that his fault? <laughs> Crazy. All right, we'll be back after this. Eight four four five hundred forty two forty two. I'm Toby Leary. 